everyone. I'm Preston Bardo with Fresh Fiction and Ditton Record Chronicle. And with me today is Brian Kluger of Boonstick Comics, High Def Digest, among other notable things. But above all, he's a damn good friend. <laughs> so he thinks. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. This episode marks the second episode of My Bloody Podcast, which concentrates on everything horror-based in the entertainment world. Today we will be discussing some news in our horrific news segment, our bloody recommendations, and for our feature review, we will be discussing the original Trimmers to coincide with the release of its sixth installment that's releasing on May 1st, titled A Cold Day in Hell. I can't wait to get into this. I mean, oh my god, six Tremors movies. Who would have thought? But we we got a lot of talk about that on that one, don't you think? Oh yeah, so much. So much, so much. All right, we know this is a horror podcast. We know this is a mm-hmm. horror podcast, but first off, we both saw Avengers Infinity War. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think we, I, we both enjoyed it. However, there is a bit of news from that kind of part of the world, right? Right. What is it? Apparently, Kevin Feige was asked about, and he's the head honcho of Marvel, he was asked about doing a horror franchise, bringing like a horror cinematic universe to Marvel. And so he expresses great interest in doing that. So apparently that's going to be happening within the next couple of years as phase four comes to a close with Avengers. Now they're going to be needing different directions to go in. And so this is one possibility and I'm really excited about that. So when you say like this new phase and this new like darker realm of Marvel, what heroes are we talking about? Because we're not talking about like Thor or Hulk or anything, right? No, like uh, I assume like Blade, bring Blade back. Oh my God, bring Wesley Snipes back. He needs to be in everything. He's so amazing. Major League, Blade, uh, Passenger 57. Uh, (laughs) I think there's like... Uh, man thing. I don't know if you remember that. Oh yes, man thing. Did they make a pretty terrible man thing a long time ago? It was one of the worst like movies ever made. Man thing. Yeah, I think it came out in like 2005, maybe. Well, that oh shit, I thought it was much earlier than that. 2005. Wow, that's only a couple years before Iron Man. Yeah, <laughs> they missed the ball on that. Man well, it's, thing. It, not memorable. Because I just remembered it now as you said it. So with this darker phase, I wonder if we'll see that cool spinoff Marvel series, Marvel Zombies, where all the characters were zombies. Uh, Maybe. Oh, how amazing would that be? It would be cool. Because both Marvel and DC did the zombie thing. Marvel did Marvel Zombies, and then uh, DC did Blackest Night. Um, which the DC characters were uh, zombies. Uh, I want a crossover film of Marvel and DC and zombies. Am I the only one here? Maybe. I would like to see that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would like to see that. Um, so with, with this darker series, what besides Blade and maybe Man-Thing, who else are you wanting to see show up in this uh... Uh, 
I'm not see. I'm not a big comic book reader, so I can't really say. I'm just excited about the possibilities of where it could go because I because I have the quote pulled up here that uh, Kevin Feige said, and he said I like both of those characters that this uh, particular outlet, which is comic book. Uh, dot com and they asked about you know blade and man thing and uh, i guess they did mention man thing okay uh that you name and i think again horror can can mean a lot of things feige said horror do you mean a movie like texas chainsaw massacre or hostel or friday the 13th or a poltergeist and he ex- he essentially expresses most interest in a poltergeist type of horror like nothing too hardcore but something that is would would be fun and probably a little more universally enjoyable, I would assume. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm in. I'm sold. Like, they've done so well with this Marvel Phase 1 through 3. I'm looking forward to maybe a slightly edgier version. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm excited. I'm very excited. Um... Last week, last week we talked, one of our big segments was A Quiet Place, where uh, you kind of gave us a whole synopsis and your thoughts on A Quiet Place, and um, there's a bit of news on that movie right now, considering it's made tons of money at the box office, right? Mm-hmm. It, came, it was number one again last week, or it, it came was, back. It was number yeah. one again. Yeah. But that's not going to happen this weekend. Yeah, it's safe to say the summer movies will officially started this weekend. Quiet Place just got loud. Yes, yes it did. Um, But uh, Paramount uh, announced that there will be a sequel to A Quiet Place. Um, Mm -hmm. So... There's no release date yet, and we don't know yet if uh, Krasinski's involved, um, but there definitely is a sequel planning on because uh, the movie's made like $200 million worldwide so far. So, of course, they're going to make a sequel. So, I know how the movie ends in the first one. I'm just trying to figure out, I guess, are they going to do another family? Does it take place... Several years in the future, we'd like to fight against these monster aliens. What do you think? What do you want to see? I mean, truthfully, I don't want to see something else, but I understand from a studio perspective why that needs to happen. I think it's just because of movies like uh, Purge, the Purge series, but I understand why that needed to be uh, you know, jumped up again or restarted because the first purge movie had a really good premise they just it just became like a typical haunted or uh home invasion story and so they essentially remade it with the second one and since then there's just so much more like the universe is just so big there's so many different uh storylines that uh, can pop up and and i think that the studio is seeing that this uh particular world that they have created in the first one is big enough for them to continue to go down. And, uh, I, I don't want to see 
the family from the original comeback. I think their story is pretty much complete and there's nothing really more to bring to them or further develop them. I would like to see something like, uh, like alien versus aliens. Um, where like the first one is like a, a horror movie. The second one's like an action film. And so I'd like to see, uh, then play with the genre a little bit or go off into a different like subgenre of horror. Maybe even bring some uh, comedic elements to it. I don't know. Right. Just have some, just have some fun with it and don't be, you know, do a repent, uh, uh, rinse and repeat type of thing. All right. Yeah. I'm, uh, I mean, I get it. Preston's right on every level here. It's just, you don't want to see a sequel, but you kind of do, and just how they do it. And of course, money talks in Hollywood, so that is, that is. I mean, from my, from my understanding, the, there was a script done by the two writers, and I, I can't remember their names right now, but then, uh, John Krasinski took a pass, and from my understanding, he brought most of the humanity and the family aspect to it, or expanded upon it in a way that made it more interesting. And if he's not involved, I just don't really see it being like a great film. Like this, like a quiet place. I absolutely loved. And if he's not involved or I just don't, I just don't see it really working for me. Okay. That's, that's fair. Um, we'll see how it goes. Maybe they'll get like Michael Bay to direct the sequel. Who knows? Ooh, goose. <laughs> Ooh, goose. I would rather have Uvi Bull direct than Michael Bay. True story. Yeah. Um, all right, moving on from Quiet Place. There is a big convention going on, uh, which usually takes place in Las Vegas uh, this week. And is that. Is, is that, it not? It's, I think it still is. Okay, it's still in Las Vegas. Um, it's called CinemaCon, and it's where uh, movie studios show movies or talk about upcoming movies throughout the year uh, and show trailers and clips and scenes to get everybody uh, happy. And one of the big ones this year that they showed at CinemaCon uh, was the revamp and possibly sequel to Halloween, John Carpenter's Halloween Mm-hmm. And I'm super excited about it because, I mean, this movie's going to have Jamie Lee Curtis back in her role. It is directed mm-hmm. by David Gordon Green, who I know Preston and I both love. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Danny McBride wrote it uh, along with, I think, somebody else. I'm trying to remember. Might have been Green. Yeah. So interesting choice but i'm very excited about this so did you ever did you see any footage of it or did you read about the halloween footage i've read about it so apparently the story sounds like a blast um it takes place 40 years after the original so they are essentially skipping like they're completely ignoring all the sequels that happened after the original 1978 (laughs) film okay so so uh it's going to be kind of like Terminator Judgment Day in the way that uh, Sarah Connor's like preparing for his return, Michael Myers' return uh, for all that time. And uh, I guess it's her granddaughter. Yes. Or maybe, yeah. Her, her so, daughter. Lori is with her daughter and young granddaughter. Yes. So there's okay. like three different generations. There you go. 
Um, so I guess uh, Michael is escaping from a the psych ward or prison wherever he is. I, I think from the the footage they described, like a bus turning over. So he gets out of it somehow and then makes his way back to the house and uh, all hell breaks loose. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it looks like um, yeah, what Preston said that Lori and her daughter and her granddaughter, it's a Halloween night 2018. Michael looks to be breaking out because uh, Loomis uh, um, shot Michael back in the day and he was recommitted, mm-hmm. but yeah. So it's like, this sounds awesome in the poster for the movie, the, the Michael Myers mask, the, the Mike Myers mask, uh, Michael Myers, mm-hmm. not, not the Mike Myers. He like, just looks <laughs> old as hell. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I, I read some, did you, did you see the other article about how they te- did a test screening for it and it didn't do well? Well, I, I read something that the ending didn't do well. Yeah. But who knows? But, yeah. But but I uh, I was talking to my my buddy uh, James Cole Clay and and we both oh, we are love big him. fans of of yeah great guy. Um, we're both we're talking about how we kind of are completely open to like franchises that we love just just shaking things up, kind of like. The, the Last Jedi or this new Jurassic World film's going to do, just not doing the same thing over and over again. Uh, at this point, you just kind of want to take some of that, you know, nostalgic elements and then going into something entirely new. Yeah, I completely agree. Um and this looks to be like that. Uh, I, if I remember correctly, this new Halloween movie will also be scored by the original John Carpenter, who directed the original and wrote the original. Right? Mm-hmm. That's right. Oh, I'm so excited about that. You have no idea. Oh, I have a feeling this movie is going to be amazing. Um, and just to have Danny McBride of all people write it, I'm just, I'm, I'm in. I'm in, mm-hmm. and it, I guess I guess there won't be any Busta Rhymes or Paul Rudd in this movie. <laughs> no, probably not. Because they showed up in other Halloween movies in the past. Yes, that's true. <laughs> so funny. Um, yeah. Oh, is there is there what else came out from? I think they they showed. I mean, do you consider Jurassic World a horror movie? Uh, this one definitely looks like a horror film. Okay, yeah, they show they showed five minutes of Jurassic World at CinemaCon, and it uh, it look the trailer, the latest trailer looks amazing. By the way, yeah. so I'm just, I hope it's good. I have a lot of friends that could care less about this movie and think this movie literally legitimately jumped the shark dinosaur. So <laughs> I don't know. What do you think? Um, I wasn't a huge fan of Jurassic World, but um, I was watching it again maybe a couple of days ago on TV, and it wasn't as bad. I think I've just kind of followed or jumped on the bandwagon of hating on Colin Trevorrow, <laughs> um, because uh, I, I guess I just I, Jurassic Park is a huge uh, thing for me. It was the first movie I ever saw in the theater. And, and I was like 
that part in uh, Step Brothers where uh, the dad is talking about like I was used to be a T-Rex and I didn't stop being a T-Rex until I was 17 or whatever he says. <laughs> and I was like, that, that's pretty much me. I, I was a huge dinosaur fanatic and uh, it's just like, it's such a beloved franchise to me that I just didn't want anybody to screw it up. And I didn't feel that Colin Trevorrow uh, handled it in the way that I wanted to. And this one seems to kind of almost retcon all that stuff and just, uh, what we were hinting at earlier, trying to do something entirely new instead of the franchise, just doing everything that it did in the original, but just bringing in that modern context and everything. Uh, this one is bringing uh, all those horror elements. Like there's a shot in the trailer of like this uh, super Raptor creature that they have. Every Jurassic movie has like the new dino now that has like gene genetically altered and this one has like really long fingernails and it has a kid in the bed and it's like I just don't see this being a family film whatsoever and so it looks scary it looks terrifying and it looks like fun um, and, uh, it doesn't seem like they're going to like kill off the T-Rex which uh, I always hated and never forgave the third one for <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, so, uh, yeah, I think, I think it'll be, I think it'll be a lot of fun. Kind of like, uh, what Lost World should have been in a lot of ways. And so I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, uh, they also talked about Split or, uh, or Glass. Oh uh, yeah. The sequel to Split with Bruce Willis, Sam Jackson and James McAvoy. Oh, and like the, the, the poster for it and the images of it, I just... Why can't I watch this right now? Like this yeah. looks so good. Yeah, I can't. I can't wait. Not not one bit. Oh, this it's gonna be so good. I can't believe it. So yes, the sequel to, um, to Unbreakable, Unbreakable Split, oh, Glass. Oh, this is gonna be so amazing. You have no idea. I'm gonna be front row. That's just it's just gonna happen. I can't wait. Um, we have to talk about some sad news though, Preston. All right. Do you know what sad news I'm talking about? Uh, not at the moment. Folks, I hate to break it to you if you haven't already heard, but if you were a fan of Ash vs. Evil Dead, that show oh, has been yes. canceled on Stars, and Bruce Campbell came out and said everywhere that he has retired his Ash character. It's hanging up the chainsaw. Oh, and you know what? This is heartbreaking because this like was my life. This is my life. This, yeah, it, it, it's the name of your website it is boomstick comics i mean and i want to say the first time i saw army of darkness because that was the first one i saw before like evil dead one and evil dead two army of darkness mm -hmm. is pretty much what got me really into all these horror movies that that movie alone the first time i saw it it warped my fragile little mind, and I just had to see everything horror-related and everything goofy and funny. Because I really legitimately still think, you asked me my favorite movie, it is still Army of Darkness. That movie has everything you want in a film, <laughs> all in one place. Oh, and it's so good, still to this day. Um, but yes, at least we got three seasons of Ash vs. Evil Dead. Thank you, stars. Um which is yeah. basically like 10 more feature films. Uh, yeah. And it, it was a damn good series. Uh, I just hope 
I mean, a lot of people are hoping Netflix will pick it back up, which, I mean, if they offer them $100 million, I'm sure Bruce is going to say, sure, I'll put the chainsaw back again. Did I say retire? I meant for hire or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So I hope it's that way. Um, but did you ever watch Ash vs. Evil Dead, Preston? I watched the first season. Did you like it? I did like it. You're going to love the second and third season. It's just as good. <laughs> it's it's so much fun. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, loved, I loved it so much. So much. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is there any other news before we get into recommendations? Uh, we can briefly talk about how there's the new Tremors TV series with Kevin Bacon and Fred Ward that's coming out. Uh, I guess Universal Cable wants to develop the series and I, I feel like there's been like whispers of Kevin Bacon like coming for wanting to develop a TV series for a while. I think even the sci-fi channel wanted to do one uh, a couple of years ago um, having him reprise the role after 25 or I guess it would take place 25 years later, even though the math doesn't work out. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. Kevin, Kevin Bacon and Fred Ward have officially signed on for this series. Now, if that doesn't blow your mind, I will tell you the first time I saw tremors in the theater, Kevin Bacon became my favorite actor for like years because of tremors movie. <laughs> that is a true story. <laughs> Well, that movie came out the year I was born, so I can't say that I saw it in theaters. I'm old but... as shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, th- this new uh, new TV show is going to be on Sci-Fi, right? Uh, it's either I, th- I thought Sci-Fi was develop one and two. Oh, develop. But I think I think Universal Cable. Okay. Because uh, you know, like all these people are like all these different networks are wanting to develop their own streaming service or whatever. Yeah, and um, I guess the guy who's going to direct the pilot of this uh, this new series is Vincenzo Natali, and you probably know him uh, as directing the amazing 1997 film Cube. If you haven't seen Cube, holy shit, that film's fantastic. Um, and he also directed Splice as well, uh, which was here nor there. Adrian Brody type of movie. Um, But I like that because I love Cube still to this day, and I'm fine with him directing, you know, a 30-minute hour-long TV show of Tremors with Kevin Bacon. I'm just excited about this. So I'm – are you excited about this? I am. Um, It is going to be a little strange because I know Michael Gross hasn't been asked to come back. Uh, and he's been like the man of the franchise after the the second one. Um, it, it really became his franchise. I mean, if if they have the the sixth movie that's coming out on Tuesday, then there's a seventh film already in development or or being talked about with and, Michael Gross, mm-hmm. Burt Gummer, which is a fantastic name. It's like Mike Tobacco and Burt Gummer should make a movie. <laughs> uh, I forgot what movie. Uh, oh, uh, oh, I, I I reviewed a cyborg the other day. Oh, with Jean Claude Van Damme, and his name is Gibson Rickenbacker. 
<laughs> These and names in are my, fantastic. In, in my review, I talked about how it comes straight out of Michael Bay's hero cookbook because all his <laughs> character names are just like Cade Yeager from Transformers and then uh, what's his name? Uh, Scott Speed. Good speed. Godspeed. Stanley Godspeed. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. They they all got those names. Oh, it's so funny. Harry Stamper. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Ah, it's so funny. Burt Gummer. I love it. So, yes. So, we have a a Tremors TV show, and we have a sixth Tremors movie coming out, and then the seventh one already planned. Mm-hmm. It's getting up there with like the Friday the Thirteenth and Halloween movies. Yep, and they're diminishing quality just like them. <laughs> <laughs> yes, folks. Tremors was in the theaters, but Tremors two through six so far have not been in theaters. Yeah. So go. That tells you something. It's just, it's like the same thing with Children of the Corn. Children of the Corn, the first one was in theaters. The next nine, definitely not in theaters. <laughs> and yes, there are nine of them. Uh, oh my God, there's so much. But yes, I, I'm a big fan of Tremors, and we're going to get to that later yeah. on in the show for sure. The original OG film, uh, Tremors. But first, I think we're going to move on to my bloody recommendations, Preston. Mm-hmm. Last week you came with a good one with Troll and Troll 2. I mean, it's hard to top that. Yes, it is. So do you want me to go first or do you want to do one? Yeah, you go for it. Go for it. I'm excited. Okay, so this week I recommend 1985's Once Bitten, starring a very young Jim Carrey in his first leading role. Oh my gosh, if you haven't seen this folks, Once Bitten, they used to this used to be in the rotation like on HBO or Showtime like years ago. Yeah. Uh but yes, it is a 1985 film that stars a very young Jim Carrey. Yeah. <laughs> but just just as charming and as fun. So, yeah, the 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 story is about this uh countess who's like this She's a 400-year-old vampire who can only look young if she has the blood of virgins. And she has to be able to feed virgin three times before the next Halloween. And so in this film, it's a week away. So within a week, she has to find a virgin. And that virgin is Jim Carrey's character. (laughs) So, And he... He's trying to – he drives around an ice cream truck, I believe, and he's trying to score with his girlfriend, but his girlfriend wants you know, it to be special. She doesn't want it to be like in a kissing lot inside a ice cream truck. And so he's get so Jim Carrey's character, who's in the by his two best friends. And so after his girlfriend says, no way – his two best friends urge him to, you know, essentially uh, go to town and uh, meet somebody. And he meets this uh, countess who looks like Madonna. And um, and then it just kind of escalates from there and becomes a lot of fun. And it's just enjoyable, really good comedy. And 
Uh, I really like uh, the Countess's butler. He's uh, this really funny. Uh, I can't. I, I don't know what his name is, but he's he's fantastic. He had like all the the great jokes. He's a uh, the, the, the homo- His he's name a, is Sebastian, right? Is it Sebastian? I it, thought that was his name. Oh. Okay. Okay. I I'm trying to remember who you're talking about. It's uh the 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 gay butler. The gay he, butler. Yeah, like he has all these jokes about uh like the countess will be walking into the room and then she's like, "Get out of the closet." And he comes out and he's like, "I came out of the closet years ago." Or something like that. It, it, it's it's Cleavon Little, isn't it? From from uh Blazing Saddles? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think his name is Sebastian in the film. And if you love Blazing Saddles and love Cleavon Little, you're going to love him here. <laughs> yeah, so J- so Jim Carrey's name is Mark. His name is Sebastian, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, this movie is quite fun, and Jim is great in it. And I got to mm-hmm. tell you, the director of this movie, his name is Howard Storm, and this is his only feature film he ever did, uh, directing-wise. <laughs> um, before that and after that, he kind of just did TV shows such as Full House and Sister, Alf. Sister, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Keenan and Kel. Yeah. And it's just, you, you got to think, like, why was this his only feature film? I, guess, I don't know if he loved it. I, who knows? But it's... That's great. It's a little bit of trivia for you, but this movie is fun, and you like this, right? You recommend this to everybody, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, how I got it was I just bought it on uh, – there's like a double feature uh, Scream Factory, and it's with uh, – uh, it's what's that guy's name? He was, he was Zorro the Gay Blade. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, oh, man. Uh, what is that? George Hamilton. Yes. Uh, what? But what's the movie? This is this I, isn't professional. <laughs> oh no no! It's I, I'm trying to remember because I have this lo- on lo- screen. Love at first bite. Yes, love at first bite. Yes. So yeah, if you, if you find if you want to watch the film, it comes with that as well. Yeah, and that is through Scream Factory, who you should get to know very well because that is. We're probably going to bring it up at least once every podcast. Yes, that's very true. No, that's a good that you did well, sir. Thank you. You did well. All right, so what are you going to recommend this week that I'm going to quickly go to eBay and then buy? <laughs> All right, so this is a uh, a 1974 film. Um, I don't know if you've seen it, Preston, but my bloody recommendation this week is called Deranged Confessions of a Necrophile. Have you seen it? (laughs) (laughs) No, but I like the title. It is great. And so it's not Scream Factory. It is from Kino Lorber. Lorber. Um, Kino Lorber. Kino, uh, the video house. Um, So Deranged... The Confessions of a Necrophile is actually about the real-life serial killer, Ed Gein. Um, Mm. And it's very much like Silence of the Lambs, Psycho, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. All those movies were based off Ed Gein. So is this movie. And the guy who plays Ed Gein here is the one only, the late, Roberts Blossom. I hear crickets because you're like, who the hell is Roberts Blossom? 
you would recognize Robert's Blossom later in life in the early 90s as Old Man Marley from Home Alone, the next-door neighbor yeah. to Kevin McAllister. <laughs> and that it could essentially just be the same guy. Exactly. Same <laughs> yes. Which you got to think after, you know, Chris Columbus, I believe, or John Hughes, Chris Columbus directed uh, Home Alone. Um, you got to think that they were a big fan of this movie because they put Robert's Blossom as kind of like this spooky character in the movie. Yeah. But it is fantastic um it's it's crazy it's amazing it's it's so good it's horrific it's bloody it's very suspenseful um and it's he doesn't play actually ed gein um it's based on him but he plays a guy named ezra where he like you know his kills his mother and he wears masks and kills people and all sorts of stuff uh but you got to think that uh like Texas Chainsaw Massacre um, came out the same year as this deranged movie. Uh, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre, of course, gets way more um, way more thought and praise. But deranged, the confessions of a necrophile, you're going to like this. It is a hardcore R, and Robert's Blossom as Ezra is, oh, it's unbelievably good. So, and the the Blu-ray that you can buy it comes with a couple commentaries with the writer and director of the film, uh, and interviews and all sorts of cool stuff on it. But yeah, you you see it and you're like, oh, I need to see this movie. If you're fans of like te- Texas Chainsaw Massacre and stuff like that, I think you're really gonna love it. Mm. Does that make you want to see it or not really? Uh, I want to see it. Um, I'm looking at some of the photos and it looks a little stranger than i would normally like a movie to be but uh you know i'll i'll give it a shot you'll give it the old college try huh yeah all right so yes we have uh once bitten and deranged confessions of a necrophile these those are both excellent films one's a little sillier and funnier than the other one uh, I, I guess that's going to be the common thing every week. I go with I go with the lighter choice. You go with the heavy hardcore one. <laughs> I go with the heavy hard. You have to have the best of both worlds there. Yeah. Um, but yes, yes, uh, very much fun and very cool. But to our main event of my bloody podcast, Preston, what are we doing? Nineteen nineties trimmers. Oh, my God. In the year 1990, the very beginning of the year. You know what? Preston and I are professional. Well, Preston is a professional film critic. I'm not. But I see a lot of movies. We both see a lot of movies. And always in January, it's always horrible. Tremors came out in mid-January in 1990, and little did anybody know, it was like the best movie of that year. (laughs) Mm, Besides, like, Goodfellas. Oh, yes, you're right. Goodfellas and Tremors. Good double feature. (laughs) Um, Tremors is better than Dances with Wolves. Yes, (laughs) Yes, absolutely. He is right. Um, We got to talk about, so Tremors came out. It is directed by a guy named Ron Underwood. Who also directed, right after Tremors, City Slickers and Speechless and Mighty Joe Young and then went on to do, like, Adventures of Pluto Nash. Ugh, he just went downhill. But Tremors and City Slickers, this, was, this is Ron Underwood's, like, fame right here. 
but he gave us the world. He gave us, he gave us, he gave us in the world tremors along with Kevin Bacon and Fred Ward. So, Preston, tell us about this movie and why it's so amazing. Um. Well, I can say after watching all six of the films recently, uh, the, this one just has the most charm and the best characters. It has Kevin Bacon and Fred Ward, who have a great dynamic. And uh, you got Michael Gross in it as this, like, weapons expert. Who's... <laughs> the dad from Family Ties is a yeah. hillbilly weapons expert in this movie. <laughs> Who's married the, to? Who's he married Re, to? Reba McIntyre, who supplies the, <laughs> I guess the theme track of the film or the the ending end credits song. Oh my goodness, it's so good. So, uh, <laughs> it's just a really good horror movie. It's a lot of fun. Um, it is. The, there's not. It's like PG thirteen. Uh, so there, it's gory, but it's not. It's not like red blood. It's like orange blood. So they can get away with like sillier type things to it. Mm-hmm. But uh, the, speaking of names that we talked about earlier, names in these movies, the the two guys, Fred Ward and Kevin Bacon, are named <laughs> Valentine McKee, McKee and, and Earl, Earl Bassett. Bass. <laughs> <laughs> and they they are handymen in a place called Perfection. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, it's so good. It writes itself. <laughs> but it's but basically the movie is like these two country bumpkins are in this small town called Perfection, which is like just kind of like a one horse town uh, yeah. in present day where these two literally guys... like it's so small that the the store owners only shop at each other's stores and that's it (laughs) it's really funny uh so these two guys are just like bumbling handymen or trying to like make a quick buck and then on the other side of this there's a chick who's like studying to be like study earthquakes and all of a sudden there's all these giant earthworm alien bugs underneath uh the desert the sand who come up and kill you and eat you but their their senses are only based on sound so if you walk on the ground they're gonna know where you are yeah so this movie i, I i'm i watched the second one the most when i was a kid just because it came out at a time when i was able to kind of comprehend what i was watching and so it got me scared of you know it took uh quicksand games imagination games that you would play to a whole different level because i'd be my best friends were my neighbors that lived like a hundred yards away and so i would go over their house and play for a little bit and once it got dark i would run just run as fast as i can to the house (laughs) because i was so scared that a graboid was going to get me and so uh, this movie has a has a had a tremendous impact on my life, as did Jaws. Um, so Tremors made me scared of walking around on Earth, as Jaws made me scared of the water. That's amazing. That's a that's great. I'm so glad that this movie did so much to your childhood that you thought that that's a great. <laughs> that's what these movies are made to do. That's a ama- that's so good. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Um. 
Yeah, it's it's a crazy movie. It's so, it's like equally funny, and there are some like kind of scary parts. But then, in the middle of nowhere, there is a pole vaulting scene where there's oh, like yeah. ten people in unison pole vaulting from rock to rock. So the tremors, these giant like, you know, looks like five ton earthworms <laughs> can't get them. But there is an actual like there's music to it. It's just like this is a totally different movie. What's happening? Yeah. Oh, it's so funny. And then we've got to we've got to talk about the famous line that uh, Michael Gross says in the film when he refers to these tremors. Right? Do you remember? Uh, it's not ringing a bell at the moment. So he's so everybody's kind of on the roofs of their houses on this like one this really small town street, and. Uh, Michael Gross has a walkie-talkie with his wife and another, like, Kevin Bacon. And a tremor is coming towards Michael Gross. And Michael Gross in the walkie-talkie says, I have a mother humper coming. I repeat, I've got a mother humper. (laughs) That's right. He calls him mother humper because they can't say the MF word because that's not – they could do that with for PG-13. For him. Yeah, his, his his character. He he wouldn't say something like that. That's true. Yeah, he was still family ties dad at the time, but I bet you he would now. Um, but I have to say that one one great scene that I always loved was when Kevin Bacon and Fred Ward, you know Valentine and Earl, were running from the tremor, and they jumped into like a uh, a cement like divide. Uh, mm-hmm. and the tremor went through the cement and like it killed itself because it was too yeah. difficult. And Kevin Bacon's reaction, he yells in so much glory and joy, fuck you. And mm-hmm. that, I mean, that's PG 13 cause you say one time, but the, his delivery, I immediately fell in love with Kevin Bacon when I was <laughs> like, I was eight years old or nine years old at this time. And I was like, Oh, that is perfect. I want to do this. <laughs> mm-hmm. That is such a good one. Do you remember any favorite scenes from that movie that always, always really stuck with you? Uh, I think it was just how smart the graboids were. How smart the movie. Like it's, it's definitely like B horror type stuff. Like it's a goofy premise. I mean, you were just describing the name of the town, all the character names. It, it's just, it, it's a hard movie to like. Re- really like put next to the shining or something like that. But, uh, there's a pretty good scene where Reba McIntyre and Michael Gross are just going crazy with all their weapons that they have. Like the graboid comes through the wall and then it, the camera cuts to their shelf that just has every gun known to man on it. And they're just grabbing it gun after gun, just shooting this thing. That was probably my favorite scene. Sweet. Yeah. That's uh that's good stuff. I mean, if we, if this doesn't get you excited, well, I'll let you know who else is also in this, an actor named Victor Wong. Who's Victor Wong. Victor Wong is egg Chen in big trouble in little China. He's also three ninjas. <laughs> Yes, he is. He is the granddad of three ninjas, Grandpa Morish and Taro. Yep. <laughs> also, also very big franchise. Yes. Kid. Abs- uh, me too. Um, 
but yeah, and so also, uh, Preston, did you did you know one of the titles originally for this movie was before they decided on Tremors? No, I do not. Land sharks. <laughs> that would have been good. Land sharks. Yeah, I guess so. Land sharks. I like that. Just, just like what I was describing earlier with Jaws and the ground. Yeah, you you you're ahead of your time, sir. Land uh, Jaws. That would have been good. land jaws oh so good uh but yeah earth jaws water jaws no wait that's that's actual jaws um yeah the 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 soundtrack i don't think it's ever been released on vinyl before um but it's out there on cd um if you're into the whole uh Tremors soundtrack because it's kind of kind of hokey, kind of funny. Um, you'll see. You'll if you haven't seen this movie or if you've seen it like twenty years ago, please revisit it because it is still amazing. Um, I was I was describing it to my wife as uh, I've I've had a lot of speeding tickets in my day, and I've had to take comedy defensive driving a couple of times. And there's a segment on there uh, called Earl, like Earl's Shop or something. And they always play this, like, country bumpkin music where it's just like, and it just sounds like that. <laughs> that's what that's absolutely what Tremor's so- soundtrack sounds like, 100%. It's, yep. it's amazing this movie got made. Um, it was made for $11 million from Universal Pictures, and it ended up making over 16 million so it definitely made its money back so why did the sequels have to go straight to dvd because it didn't make double its money they just thought it i mean this movie has to do so well home video wise that yeah all of these movies have yeah i just ah so with the with the new series like kevin bacon fred waterback how is this not going to theaters i don't get it I don't get it. I want it to go to theaters. I want a Tremors. I want, there, there's tons of Tremors now. The Graboids. Yes, Graboids are the name for these Tremors monsters. Oh, it's so funny. And even the poster is just like Jaws, right? With like the... Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So good. So good. Yeah, and they, they get really bad going forward. I mean, I like the second one. I kind of like the third and fourth one. They're not as... Because they Bad. start to they start to fly in later sequels. Yeah, they're called ass blasters. Yeah. <laughs> I totally forgot that. Yes, they are. Yes. <laughs> I mean, when they're thinking of names, these studio people or writers, how did you think they came up with that name? Well, they came up with ass blasters because that's the the term that uh, Michael Gross gives them. So if that makes <laughs> sense, like they all. You got all these, like, scientific terms because you have, like, a scientist character in the first one. And then once you just have Michael Gross in there, he's just going to name it whatever the hell he wants. Mother Humpers and Ass Blasters. Yeah. <laughs> he's He has made a living at these movies. He has. Yeah. And that's just fantastic because, you know... You you look through these movies you, like as I am right now, like all the movies, and you're kind of like, okay, uh, Michael Gross. 
what's in it for you? You know, like, why do you keep saying yes to these? Because does he not have anything else to do? See, I interviewed him last week for the sixth one, which is called A Cold Day in Hell. And I told him that I had revisited all the films, you know, to do my homework and preparation of doing the interview and he was he was impressed by that but then i got into talking about i know this is your your sixth one there's probably going to be more going forward like what at this point like what what do you look for in the franchise and i was very surprised in my conversation with him on how brutally honest he was he doesn't even seem that keen on the the last two which is the fifth and the sixth one. Um, he seems to have a little bit of a clash kind of going on with the director, at least like some minor tug and pull with uh, some creative differences. He He's always been a fan of like focusing primarily on the characters because he realizes that um, the, the scare factor is amped up a little bit more or you care, the stakes are there when you actually care about the characters. And this new director, Don Michael, I can't remember his last name off the top of my head. He, uh, said something to him about, you know, today's age, everybody's attention span is like a gnat. And so you have to kind of keep it like the action going, but, because we also live in today that's the fastest way that you can get things done is doing everything on the computer opposed to when these movies started, everything was done practically. And that's another thing that's kind of exciting about this new TV series is that they said that everything would be done practically. They wouldn't try to, wouldn't use CGI. And so that's exciting but that's all that these uh, new ones are, at least the fifth and sixth one. Uh, it's the Graboids, the Ass Blasters. I mean, it's pretty much like Captain Planet at this point. They got Earth, Wind, Water, and Fire. Like, this new one has them in the water at this point. And um, I think they just kind of got gone off the deep end and kind of lost like what makes these movies great. And I think even Michael Gross kind of realizes that because he says that he wants to have more of those like great talking scenes um, and character moments in these movies. I don't care about the characters. I don't care about Michael's uh, Michael Gross's or I guess Bert's relationship with the son who's played by Jamie Kennedy. Ah. And <laughs> it's just, it's just, uh, it's just nonsense to me. Like, and that, I like him in it because I think part of the appeal kind of comes from like, he's been a part of this franchise since the beginning. And so I'm kind of like carrying over my compassion for him from film to film. And yeah, they're, they're, they push his character or further develop his character a little bit more in a kind of like Cree type of way. He doesn't get cancer or anything, but he gets sick and uh, Jamie Kennedy kind of has to like step up to the plate and then all that sort of thing. So they do some kind of interesting things, but at the same time, like the cover of it has a graboid coming out of the snow and then the title having a cold day in hell. I was thought, Oh man, like they're going to like the snowy area and it's going to be <laughs> awesome. And it essentially 
it starts out that way. Like the first, the opening scene starts out that way, but the rest of the film takes place in like a, a, a not snow covered place. And it feels like the first film kind of all over again. And so it doesn't really add anything new. And so, um, I hope that going forward, if the seventh one happens, that they can do that, but I just don't see that happening. I think that the most hope that we'll have for this, uh, trimmers world now would be this uh, TV series. And, um, so yeah, I definitely appreciate the first one the most after revisiting all these films. Yeah, I do. I do too. Um, cause I've seen, I've, I've reviewed a lot of them. I haven't seen the new one cold day in hell yet, but I need to. And it's weird cause we we're talking about Michael gross and it's, you know, he's done all these movies, but yet he is like just a dedicated actor. Um, he is not a producer or executive producer on any of these, which is so weird to me. Um, yeah. He, he said that, um, he originally was going to produce it or maybe even the fifth one, but he said that he just wanted to focus. He, he didn't want to have people coming to him, asking him questions. He just wanted to focus on his character. But I think at this point he might as well try to produce it himself so he can have a little more creative control. Cause yeah. I told him in our conversation, he was really smart, very articulate. He knew like what where the franchise needed to go, so I was like, "Dude, why don't you just write it yourself?" Yeah, I and, and he said that uh, he's not really good at coming up with ideas. He's he's more of a, like a editor or janitor type of person, like who can look over something. I was like, "Well, I, I didn't want to say, say this to him, or at least on the conversation when you have Lionsgate people there, like wait, uh, listening to everything you say." I just wanted to say, like, I think you should do that. I think you need to uh, look over this, be the copy editor. You should have said, like, dude, I'll write your next movie and we can write it together. (laughs) (laughs) There was my window. Damn it. Damn it. Michael Gross. And poor Michael Gross. Not poor Michael Gross, but Michael Gross. He's 70 years old. He is up there. Um, But he's still going strong in these Tremors movies. So there you go. Like. He he is in that uh, group of old badasses who, like, Liam Neeson, who are just still breaking necks and cashing checks at their age. It's crazy. It is crazy. Oh, Tremors, we love you. Um, go watch it. Buy it. It's uh, Have they released that on Screen Factory yet? No, I always thought that they would make – that would be a perfect home for them. But I guess since uh, this new one came out, they've released a six-pack Okay. That has all all the films in it. I I bought um, the four pack, which has the first four movies in them, and that's a good one. And um, and then I bought five and six because you know, they're they're cheap. They're like if you go to a movie store, they're like three dollars. Yeah. <laughs> But trust me, like owning that four pack is good because that's that's where like the quality just like completely falls off the cliff. No pun intended to go along with the ending of Tremors. (laughs) (laughs) If you've ever seen Thelma and Louise, you know the ending to Tremors. (laughs) 
church. <laughs> the graboids hold hands, and it's over. Or, or uh, <laughs> Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade in the tank. Yes. <laughs> and, and they and they kill that guy from Empire Strikes Back. Yes, yes, yes. Oh my God, yes. Oh, that's so funny. Oh, we need to we need to do a uh, we have a segment where we just talk about movies where things fall off cliffs. <laughs> oh, that's a good it's a good side segment. We've got to think that for later. Um, yeah, fantastic. Well, that's a that's a good show, man. Tremors, see that. Um, we we yeah. will be back next week with more horror. We're we'll do soundtracks next week. We're gonna do more bloody recommendations, news, our big topic. We won't tell you yet, but we will be there. Mm-hmm. I think uh, oh, before we conclude, I think I said phase four earlier, like in the very beginning of the episode, definitely meant phase, uh, phase three. Okay, phase three. There you go. Um, Preston Barta, he is the man. He knows all about movies. He's passionate. He's the lovely and delicious. Where can they find you? They can find me on freshfiction.tv. And I also write my film reviews and Blu-ray reviews, all the stuff that I can on Ditton Record Chronicle, in the Ditton Record Chronicle, which you can find on DittonRC.com. That is awesome. Uh, and, yeah, we, we you, you mentioned uh, Cole uh, earlier. I feel yeah. like he'd be a, a fun guest to have on the show at some point because I love that guy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I've I've been wanting to have him on the show, but you know you gotta you gotta start out start out and make your thing and yeah, like we could just be the three amigos that are just talking about or three men in a horror movie. <laughs> three men in a horror movie. Besides the good night, sweetheart. What would our song be? We'll think about that for next time. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. Oh, that's good. Oh my God, did we just change the name of our podcast? <laughs> oh no, yeah, three men in a horror movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, until next time, uh, find us. Uh, find Fresh Fiction, Denton Record Chronicle, Boomstick Comics, High Def Digest, iTunes, and Stitcher Radio. Go there. Type in my bloody podcast. Type in Multimedia Men, type in Boomstick Comics. You will find this podcast. Subscribe to us. We love you so much. And uh, keep your horror nightmares dormant or else we will come and take them from you and hug them and release them to the world. I don't know what that means. Do you, Preston? It sounds creepy. It sounds like a, creepy. Straight out of John Waters or something. Ooh, that's my he's my spirit animal. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll talk with you all next week. <laughs> <laughs>